Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. It's Wesson Walker Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ, the start of the 1 o'clock hour. We got a lot of good texts rolling in, so I'm going to try to get to those. The number is 704-570-9610. So I told you about the whole Dolly Parton fraction theory from my fifth grade teacher. Top half bigger than bottom half. Yeah, fifth grade, right? Don't know if that would fly anymore. Yeah, so, I was going to say, I don't know how that would go uh, these days. Yeah, come home and tell your parents that. Yeah, that's exactly. Yeah, this is what I learned today. Yeah, goodness gracious. <laughs> um, but Logo704 wrote in, I only know Dolly Parton because of Sam Farber. He mentions her every time the score is 9 to 5, which mm. is it's a great Sam Farberism. When it's 9 to 5, you go ahead and bring in that Dolly Parton reference. That one probably a little bit more palatable than what my fifth grade teacher would bring when teaching math um 980 number wrote in y'all already talk about the jc injury this guy is starting to look real injury prone yes we'll talk about that a little bit um more so in the next segment too a 704 number also when we were talking about brian burns number change mm-hmm. to zero 704 said doesn't the clemson junior tiger wear half Half as a fraction as a jersey? Yeah, the mascot does. Yeah. I did not know that. Mm-hmm. I don't think I knew that at all. Yeah. Um, 515, can Jeremy Chin change his number to four? Then we would have a 704. Shaq Thompson, oh, Brian Burns. Clever, clever. Jeremy Chin, I know you're looking for it. 704-980. Let's go. Honestly, I thought you were going with the, with the drum, but I like that one better. Um, scrolling, scrolling. We played the grinding beat. 704 said, man, we used to create that grinding beat in the cafeteria with a pencil and the table. And when you said Jokic was better than Bill Russell mm-hmm. and you knew you had to tiptoe in the water a little bit with that take. Cause it's a lot to handle. Yeah. Commander Malik said, I thought 420 was two months ago. West. Funny, funny. Come in here. Smoking. You can take a 15 points a game at the, the 44%. You can have that. Yeah, I'm getting disrespectful. I, was about to I say, am. I'm getting on. disrespectful. Come on now. Yep. You like, can take the 15 and 44%. We don't need to be disrespectful. You can like Jokic. It's one thing <laughs> coming with a strong take, but come on now. I We can't be disrespectful with Well, Bill the Russell. facts are the facts. I mean, that's a whole fact. And he Which, played against plumbers and stuff like that. Oh, you know? now. According to J.J. Reddick. Yeah, now. <laughs> yeah. You and J.J. Reddick have something in common, Fitty. How do you feel about that? I mean, look, I, I know it's hard because Bill Russell was, was fantastic and great. I'm not about this is not about to be a disrespectful Bill Russell show. I cannot I, be a part of anything like that. Like the thing about this this era, like do 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 their games translate to the different rules? I don't know. I think you put Bill Russell in this era with the way that you can't play defense and stuff like that, wouldn't he be even more dominant? Like oh, I thought you were going the other yeah, way. Yeah, no, that. Wow, I mean, I'm I mean, surprised. Okay, uh, that was that's a complete 180. <laughs> like, like, like here's my thing with Russell. There's an asterisk beside it because you were playing in a six, eighteen, eighteen league at the mm-hmm. max, whatever. Like you weren't having to beat thirty teams to win championships and stuff like that. But when you rebound the way he rebounded and defend the way he did, when you could play defense, and then you put it in, in you know, in in, in 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 today's era, I think his offense goes to a different level. Well, th- he's an all-time little things guy, too. He didn't score as but much. But he ain't averaging 22 rebounds a day. 
I mean, yeah. Well, yeah, I guess Jokic is going 13. What is what is Bill Russell doing? I don't know. Yeah, yeah. He's probably been a 13, 14 right The thing is, if you do that against Wilt Chamberlain, who is the all-time rebounding god with his season averages, I, who am I to say that he's not going to do it today when you play small ball and you were doing that against Wilt? Yeah, well, but he, he would have to all-time freak of freaks. He'd Rodman have to would thrive. Yeah, he'd have to play against game. more because today he'd be a power forward, and he'd have to play against more stretch fours that would take him away from the basket, and then he wouldn't be able to get as many rebounds. Whereas back then he was playing against traditional centers. That just makes centers. him more valuable because you can cover perimeter guys. No, no, no. I'm saying, but I'm want. saying as far as the rebounding numbers, he played against more traditional centers <sighs> where he was right under the basket. So if somebody missed a shot, he was right there for the rebounding. And then they do that one-handed dribble back up the court and lay it That's in. That's Bob Cousy. That is not Bill Russell. That is Bob Cousy. Something very different. Um, all right, last text before we get into some more NBA conversation in the present. Salty Pirate, I love this. Strong take? Sounds more like a strong toke. <laughs> I'm glad you read it because I was going to read it just it. to play the drop. You and I, I, we were. I saw you read it. You laughed. You looked for the drop. <laughs> I read it and I loved it. And I want that to be a segment. That's that's the way my brain works. Is something funny? Cool. Let's make it a segment. Strong take or strong toke. And it works <laughs> because you look and sound high a mm-hmm. lot. Oh, yeah. Let's just embrace the mantra of 420 here. <laughs> <laughs> Even if that's not something that we're partaking in, but we can put on the front. Strong take or strong toke? Get ready, baby. It is silly I like season. That. And f- I do, too. You think I'm playing. I think we're all on board No, here. I like that. Tomorrow right. at 1245. So just to give people – all right, we're, we're going off the rails, but let's just fully embrace it. I'm sorry, Jeff. I know you wanted us to get into the meat of the sports talk, but we have strong take or strong toke. Like – We've been trying to figure out different segments that serve as staples as we go on. Mm-hmm. We're trying to give you a sound. We're trying to go with like bring the noise segment, maybe coast to coast. But I didn't know that was y'all's boy Scott Farrell show. So maybe we throw that away. Strong take or strong toke. Salty Pirate, you forever have your imprint on this show. He does. Salty Pirate. Thank you very Organic. much. I can't, I can't wait to come up with that. I guess we come up with, you know, we're already off the rails. Let's talk Zion, shall we? Yeah. <laughs> Trending topic. The DMs that were in the Three Kings chat on Twitter <laughs> were at an all-time cool it, dude. Yeah. We're at an all-time, oh my God, this can't be on the show. Yeah. But somehow we're going to try to figure a way to talk about it at least a little bit. Yeah, we can dance around it. Can I just, so for those that don't know. Zion Williamson put out a picture alongside his baby mama. And a YouTube video. I didn't see the YouTube yeah, video. I will, I'll get to that. I'll get to that. Okay, so so there's a picture out there that was circulating on social media. People were <laughs> congratulating Zion. He and I don't know if it's his girlfriend, but he and someone else are expecting a baby, right? If I have this information correct, Wes, mm-hmm. this woman is a stripper, correct? Yes, he does have an OnlyFans account. Okay, thank you. I do want to be... <laughs> It's going to be so, so weird how I talk about this. So as that was revealed, we got a lot of tweets from one account in particular. And there are a lot of followers on this account. Mm-hmm. 1.1 million 1. 1 followers million. to be exact. Um, Mariah Mills is her name. Yes. She's a porn star. Yes. And she tweeted out <laughs> a whole bunch of angry stuff hurled Zion's way about the graphic nature of their relationship and when I say angry, I mean angry. Friday. And when I say graphic, I mean graphic. 
Wes, I don't know what else to do with this. The transition, the platform <laughs> is yours. I'm a little scared, but take it whatever Listen, you want. I'm going to break it down for you what happened. Please you know, not okay? too much. Oh, so, the texts, get out of here. No, these texts, please come correct. Please don't go crazy with something. Two, three, nine, you know who you are. Stop it. Yeah. You stop it. Yo, so when I watched the video, okay, I already kind of recognized what this situation was when I first heard about it. But Zion's a young, rich man. Of course, he's going to attract a lot of young ladies. He's not married. And when I saw the video on YouTube, oh, is it romantic? The music playing, talking about marriage and I love you and all these things and a beautiful, beautiful, picturesque baby shower. And I said to myself, I know exactly what happened here. Yeah. Zion dating the young woman, telling her everything she wants to hear. But little do we know he's leading a double life. And he's got plenty of other side women out there. But one of them decided to hit the DMs. And we don't know for sure that he's got plenty of them. But we know one of them. Showed up. And so Mr. Zion Williamson, young Z, was telling his woman, his girlfriend, all of the great things, but didn't want to tell her the truth. But there were things hiding underneath. And so then, folks, when you have a woman on the side and you're telling her all of the great things and we see the Snapchats and him telling her that he's going to move her to New Orleans and how sexy she is and how much he's into her. And she's got videos of her and Zion gallifanting in New Orleans. So he didn't want to tell baby mama what was going on. Gallifant. She planned a elaborate baby shower she curated the youtube video the music to say how they're gonna get married may gave the the optics of we're getting married we're in love mm -hmm. but the side woman did not want to hear any of that she was hurt for one because she's not having the baby she's not getting the bag because young z if the relationship doesn't work out will be coughing up uh six figures worth of child support probably mid six figures for 18 years mm -hmm. okay so Zion sweating bullets when the YouTube video, as soon as she got ready to push upload, because he knew what was coming. He knew the storm that was coming because he wouldn't tell his woman the truth. And so he's got to just roll with it. But he knew what was coming. Video uploads. Mariah Mills comes out of the woodworks Bang. and is furious and is letting out all of the tea, all of the business, all of the dog bleep. Is all over Twitter, folks. So Young Z has himself a mess, which will hopefully lead yeah. to a watershed moment in his life for him to understand he needs to start rolling just a little bit better than what he's doing so he won't get caught up in the lies and the deceit. You're saying it's a lot of, it's a lot, you know, pretty reminiscent of the scene in Deep Impact when Tay Leone <laughs> and her father are just standing there on the beach with yeah. the big wave coming towards them and they just embrace each other and yeah. they just know that it's about <laughs> to go down. They know it was coming. As soon as his girl said, we're going to put this on YouTube and she put all the music to it and made it, he probably just walked off in the distance and just looked out into the beautiful area they were and he said, man, my life is about to become uh, more public consumption and this is going to be bad but I got to roll with it because I don't want to tell my woman the truth if there is any serious take to be had here and I'm not sure there is so that's fine if you just want to roll your eyes but if there is any serious take to be had here I do feel bad for Zion I do because <laughs> Zion Williamson 
with some of the videos that had been released on him before. Remember yeah. that video chat between him and this girl? Yeah. And he was cupcaking. You're yeah. beautiful. She decided to put that out there on social yeah. media. And it was fine. It was nice. It just wasn't anything that he was going to be celebrated for by his peers. People were going to clown him for that, which is real unfortunate because he wasn't doing anything bad. Now this, if you are in any kind of committed relationship and then you have some of these videos come out there, it's not a great look for Zion. And this is some that's battled so hard to get back from injury. And Stephen A's take was very hilarious oh, on this because well, he Stephen talked about how <laughs> yeah. we know why that he hasn't been back in the lineup yet and having yeah. all the uh, injuries <laughs> to his lower extremities. Stephen A is wilding too. <laughs> South Carolina, chill, by the way. John Morant, Zion. I mean, oh, did you see the meme? Yeah, yes. I've seen, I've, I've seen a few. Guns, uh, which and, one? I've seen a few. Guns yeah. and buns. Yeah, they, right. were, they were all good. It's just another example. You can't trust a dookie. Yeah. Okay. Let's move on. Let's go on. It's the Wesson Walker Show. <laughs> Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Frank Reich Media Availability will give you our main takeaways. We promise. And who is QB number one? Frank Reich gave us an answer. We'll talk about that coming up next. Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning that chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. I'm going to read these texts on behalf of the anonymous, but I just want you guys to get a feel on who our listeners are. Yes, somebody wrote in, and we love this person. I have to puff the stinky just to highlight this show. Every day I smoke to you guys. All okay. right, appreciate well, it. Whichever way you get your Wesson <laughs> Walker, we're not going to hate on it. <laughs> that was a good tag-gum moment. It's been a while, but it was appropriate. And then a different person wrote in, every day is 420 at my house. Is this the, are these the kind of vibes we get off? I mean, I'm with it, but it counts in the uh, rating. So. Okay. Yeah, whatever. That's right. Whatever. Plus, it's not real. It's all a dream for anybody listening that might have their radar go up and want to get somebody in trouble. It's all a dream. It's just all the show. Nothing is real. 704-570-9610. I will say what is very real is that Bryce Young will eventually be the starting quarterback going into the regular season. In fact, Frank Reich spoke to media earlier today, and here he is talking about whether Bryce Young right now is QB1. For right now, that was our move. You know, so, you know, again, I'm not, there's really nothing more to say other than this was a time we had earmarked to make a move. We made the move. We'll just keep progressing, and we're always going to do what's best for the team. All right, so here he is, QB1. He's been taking QB1 snaps. That means he's going to be the starter week one against the Atlanta Falcons, right, Frank? Not yet. You know, I mean, you know, he's showing everything <laughs> you want to see, but we, we don't have Happen. to again. This goes back to even the draft decision. You don't make a decision until you have to make it, right? So, um We'll just keep giving him and our team the opportunity to get better and to earn that starting role. Um, you know, so far, 
you know, he and a lot of our guys are taking the steps needed to, to earn that spot. But um, we don't have to make that decision yet, so we'll just kind of keep keep chugging along here. QB1, before we get to training camp, even if he doesn't want to commit to Bryce Young being the starter week one, we know it's going to happen. He even kind of revealed in there, maybe if you're looking for the hidden meaning, he basically was telling you, we just don't have to make that decision yet, so we're not going to. He's going to be week one starter, and it's happening, I wouldn't say sooner than I than I thought it would, but it's happening very soon before you even get to week one. I would say it's probably sooner than I thought as far as just I thought by the time we got to training camp by week two or so, I thought that he would be the guy uh, coming out of camp. And I thought it would happen fairly early in training camp. But I thought for OTAs, just for the fans sake, that they would uh, keep it down a little bit and try to subdue him. So uh, this has happened quicker than I anticipated, but I'm not surprised by it in the least. I thought that this would happen. He's come in and been everything they've thought so far. And I think for the coaches to make a move like that right now, I think he's definitely servicing uh, their thoughts as far as what they thought that he would be. And they're seeing a lot of the little things. This isn't just that, oh, he can come out and make nice completions, which is a, a portion of it. But I think it's a lot of the intangibles and things that they're seeing and they're projecting. He's probably picking up things in the playbook that the normal rookie would not. He's probably picking up things on the field. We've heard about him making corrections to plays that are incorrect already. So I think that the coaching staff, they're seeing the intangibles alongside the tangibles that are letting them know that this is inevitable. This is the guy. Let's not delay it. Let's go ahead and get him with the ones right now so they can start that chemistry. And at the end, it doesn't really matter if Bryce Young is named the week one starter. He's getting the QB one reps. Even if Frank Reich doesn't want to give him that title, it's not like he's losing out on any time with the ones, with the starting offensive line, with the starting wide receivers, whoever that may be. So there's not any valuable time lost here because we want to have this faux quarterback competition. And maybe it's not too faux. Maybe you would want to see if Andy Dalton really is going to give you the better chance at the beginning of the season and you want to wean Bryce Young into the system. But it's so rare with the number one quarterback. It's not extinct that that idea does live. We have seen it a couple of times where your number one pick won't start. But at some point that season, they will. And Bryce Young is absolutely going to do it. And he's going to do it week one in the NFL. So that's the Bryce Young commentary from Frank Reich. We also had the news break before we hopped on the air. J.C. Horn out with an injury until training camp. He is expected to be a full go once they go down to Wofford. And once they have the week one game against the Atlanta Falcons, it's not the same injury that held him out previously. So it's a different ankle. It's still worrisome because of the injury history there. Wes, the first thing you go to, it's the fact that this is a team that doesn't have a lot of cornerback depth. Frank Reich was asked if he's concerned about that fact, and he said no, he's not. You're not concerned. This has been, uh, you know, this offseason, you know, obviously with CJ not taking some reps and Dante not taking reps. So uh, our secondary guys have got a lot of work. Um, this injury to JC, thankfully, it's not, you know, a non surgical injury. Um, and so he should be ready for training camp. But uh, I love the work that our secondary has done. Um, gives, us, gives us a lot of confidence in our guys. You said he was capping when he wouldn't name Bryce Young the week one starter. Is he capping here when he said he's not concerned about cornerback death? Um, mm, I would say yes, because I think to an extent it's still in the back of his mind like they need to 
they might need to make a move at a certain point if things continue to progress. But I think right now he is uh, staying on the positive side. But I would say in the back, in the craters of that brain, he's thinking, okay, man, if, if J.C. is going to get hurt like this this season and if we can expect to miss time with him, we may need to add a little bit of depth. But then again, I'll, I'll say just to uh, go on the flip side of that, even though I'll still stick with my answer of saying yes, I think that maybe he's liking what he's seeing out of some of the undrafted free agents and some of those guys, and maybe he does feel like, hey, we, we've got the requisite guys here to be able to have a solid uh, cornerback room. Yeah, I, I think you might like Rajon Wright. There's a reason you brought him in. Remember, we did talk about a few other cornerbacks they brought in. Mark Milton comes to mind, yes. cornerback out of Baylor. You do have Keith Taylor, C.J. Henderson still there. Maybe there are some of his favorites that he's starting to pick out right now, and then we'll see how they compete in training camp. I do wonder if we're going to get the same C.J. Henderson narrative that came out of last year's training camp session, where it was that he looked so good. We see this quite frequently. Somebody's a training camp MVP. Once the regular season rolls around, it never really works out. That was kind of Josh Norman for a while. And then he had the fantastic year in 2015, all pro, gets a monster contract. And that was kind of in the infant stages, Josh Norman being a training camp MVP. I think that point's probably passed with CJ, especially because we haven't seen any semblance of good play from him. But maybe Frank Reich, maybe Ajero Averro, that staff, they feel like they can get the most out of some of the quote-unquote depth that they have at the cornerback spot. Let's move on to another comment because one national storyline right now surrounding the NFL, it's how gambling and the NFL are intertwined. And the NFL has had a few players get in trouble by betting on not only NFL games, but if they are betting on any sporting event, they might be doing it from their facilities, from the team facilities. That's exactly what happened with Colts cornerback Isaiah Rogers. He's not on the field right now for Wednesday's, uh, Wednesday's offseason workouts amidst that investigation, subject of a league investigation into what is considered possible violations now of the league's gambling policy. Here's Frank Reich talking about the amount of information and what these guys know about currently on the roster as it pertains to the gambling policy, a part of the NFL. It's a big deal, you know, I mean, obviously we, you know, fully support and agree with everything the league is doing in this area. It's something to be taken very serious. So you approach the education process through multiple efforts. A lot of it, you know, we have a great support staff um, and then the league sends in people to do training, training things, more formal things. But then there's a lot of informal discussion with our player development people. Um, and, and it's an ongoing process, right? This is a, a new issue and, and players will continue to, you know, and, and coaches, right? We all need to continue to understand how important this is for the integrity of our game and fully support what the league is doing. Frank Reich talked about education. Shane Steichen, if you look at his quote, the Colts head coach discussing the Isaiah Rogers situation, he said, quote, it's an ongoing process, educating our players, educating our coaches on the situation. What did you make of Frank Reich's commentary there? Oh. You already went foul line. You want to do it again? No, no, no. no. <laughs> but um, no, I mean, I think that he's saying what a lot of coaches would say as far as trying to educate the players and just stress to them that they can't do this and the stupidity of it. I mean, this guy's a six-round pick. He's on a final year of a four-year, $3.4 million contract, and he's in line. He started nine games in 2022 and was seen as a likely starter 
after they got rid of Stefan Gilmore. Yeah, like not maybe not a recognizable name, but not someone that was never going to play. It right. actually became and a so decent part like, of their was team. Was it worth it? Like you knew that you shouldn't have been doing this, but the thing I, I find interesting and the thing that automatically sparked in my mind when I heard this as well is I remember Aaron Curry telling me that during the short uh, work stoppage that they had when he was in the league, how many teammates called him and asked him to borrow money? And he talked about how in the locker room they would gamble on things all the time as far as just shooting a shot in the garbage can and the thousands that guys would bet. But he said when the work stoppage came that guys were hitting him up asking him for money. And so the first thing that comes to my mind with all of the betting that he was doing I mean, multiple, multiple bets in the 25 to $50 range. Who knows what the payouts were? They said there was at least one low four-figure bet. I wonder, was the guy hurting for money? And he was trying to use this as a quick come up and saying, hey, I've got enough money to, to place these bets and maybe I can come up. But at the end of the day, regardless of what the reason was, it was stupid as all get out. Like, that's the only thing that you can really say. You were in line to get yourself a much better contract just off the strength of you being a starter this season, perhaps staying healthy and putting up a, a solid season. But they called it pervasive betting, mm-hmm. including wagers placed on his own team. Like, come on, man. Like, I tell Bryce, a lot of stupid people in this world add Isaiah Rogers <laughs> into the mix. <laughs> yeah. And, and he is so, as you mentioned, six round pick entering the final year of a four year, $3.4 million contract. It's not one of these practice squad contracts where you're not quite making a million still 500,000 million, whatever. Um, maybe it is a million for some guys, but $3.4 million contract. Hopefully it would be enough for you to spend wisely and make that last until you get to a new deal because he did become somewhat of an important part of that team. Sure. Not some nobody, right? He was going to get playing time. He was going to get snaps. And so part of this, too, it's we know that gambling can be an addiction for some people. I don't know if that's what Isaiah Rogers was going through, because at some point you do have to understand there are the rules in place. It is hard for me to believe that these NFL players don't know the rules by now. Mm-hmm. You have to just be looking an entirely different direction because you saw this. If you didn't know just how hard the NFL was going to come down on you before Calvin Ridley. Okay. Maybe there is some real criticism to be had for the NFL, not informing its players. But then you saw what happened with Calvin. We've had multiple incidents since I think with Washington's organization, we saw what happened with a couple of players with Detroit. Yeah. You know, now You, you have to be actively avoiding it to not know this info. Now, you know, so if Isaiah Rogers, is addicted to this. I don't know that, right? But if he is, because we know that a lot of people can have gambling addictions because it's a rush that you feel and you just can't quit. I hope that there is some kind of rehabilitation process for him so he can get over this, that you just don't punish him, ban him from the league, and then his life continues to spiral because he can't get over it. I would like the NFL to try to figure out a way that he can come back if that is a problem. But also, you have to be hard on this. If you are going to embrace gambling in some type of capacity... There is no way that you can give any image that is not squeaky clean so people that bet on NFL games can feel safe about their money or you're going to have people believe that this thing is scripted, that believe this thing is rigged entirely. You can't have people thinking that or it's going to compromise the product. And so the NFL is trying to wash themselves of that narrative entirely. It's why I understand Frank Reich understanding these players, Zach Moss for the Colts organization. It's like it's pretty cut and dry to me. NFL says don't do it, so I don't do it. Okay, yeah. 
<laughs> it can be pretty cut and dry. Hopefully other players can abide by that. Well, it also sounds like it might be an addiction because approximately 100 bets were placed on the account that he opened up under the name of an associate. Now, maybe the associate was doing it on their own time as well. It's amazing to me how they found out because this was opened up under the name of an associate of his. So uh, I don't know how exactly they were able to pin him to this. But approximately 100 bets, I would imagine at least a large majority of them were made on his behalf. So it does sound like it's an issue, but um, and it, and it's got to be walk because well, and maybe you, he just felt like he wasn't going to get caught. You can do the but stupid maybe thing so. Too. But then the thing is, man, your, your family, dog, like you're messing it up for everybody. I don't know how many people he may be taking care of, but even if you have immediate family, a child, a wife, a family with multiple children, messing it up for everybody. This is a young guy. We know the spending habits of NFL players. We know the statistics of the guys who come out broke. Uh, I believe it's something crazy like 60, 70 percent. Yeah, guys sure are broke numbers. a couple of years after their career is over with. So this is a young player you're talking about that now is going to have to figure out what he's going to do. He's 25 years old. So now you lose your career at 25 potentially. Even if he has put some money up, you're going to have to be super smart with it because now you have to look at the rest of your life. And then that's a scarlet letter. I'm sure this is America. He'll get a second chance. But this is a scarlet letter as far as coming back and playing for teams, uh, going and, you know, even if he wants to coach, people are looking at him with the side eye. Because they're going to be like, what are you doing when you're not here at the facility? Are you going to be betting on on different things, man? So it, there's a lot of layers here, man. And I mean, I, I hope I, you I can get the help for it if it is indeed an issue. Yeah, hopefully hopefully if it is, because we have zero clue. Yeah. He he could be just someone that thought, hey, I'm, I'm getting away with this. I just keep putting bets down. I didn't get caught the 25th time. I didn't get caught the 50th time. Why would I stop if there's... No reason that uh, there's no reason to believe that I'm going to get punished. And so hopefully if that's the case and he does get reinstated because there is a potential of him having just a lifetime ban here. There, There is that possibility because the amount of times it's a lot. I think if he it. cooperates, that may lessen the blow. But I think at minimum he's yeah. catching a year. Yeah, we'll see what happens. 704-570-9610. Feel free to text us any of your thoughts on any of the topics that we're discussing, including whatever Fitty might have in his second flash of the day. What you got, Fitty? It's all right to be little Fitty. A little hometown or a big old city. Might as well share, might as well smile. Life goes on for a little Fitty. Why? guys and maybe y'all can correct me if i'm wrong on this but there was some initial reporting yesterday that chris paul had been waived by phoenix mm. and that uh, as of right now has not happened he, he did meet with the the organization to discuss his future there's talks of a buyout trade is still on, on the table and stuff like that we know phoenix has been very interested in the years past in trading for a terry rogier how does Chris Paul's future with that organization impact them maybe dealing for Charlotte's guard? It's an interesting situation because we have seen that before. I will take you back to a post-game podcast between Zach Lowe and Brian Windhorst, where we all remember Wendy doing the... What does this mean that the Jazz are trading a couple of these guys? He I did watched this, that clip last night. Okay, he did the same thing. He did the same thing with Chris Paul when Zach Lowe was discussing the the hire that they are going to go with Frank Vogel, and they were trying to talk about the payroll. And Brian said, "Well, there's another way. 
that you could possibly bring Chris Paul back. It's like, yeah, you could do this wave and stretch provision. You know, it's like, no, well, maybe there's a different way. Brian is all knowing, man. I'm telling you, that guy could tell me anything is going to happen in the NBA. What's the way you think he's talking? Well, maybe waving and then bringing him back on a lesser contract because that's what was reported by Chris Haynes. And then they said, no, no, no. We've just had talks about it. Sham Sharani of The Athletic came in, cleared everything up, said, yes, it might be. It's a possibility, but it hasn't happened yet. They're still discussing all options. Yeah, it sounds like to me it's going to be a wave and then bring him back at a lesser salary. So then they can go out and get some more pieces for what they need because this is a team with no bench. We know Chris Paul wants to go back to Phoenix. That has been reported. That does seem to be understood. But Brian Windhorst, I have a, I, I think he probably knew about the Zion Williamson situation and just didn't report it. I bet he would add, yeah, pay attention to Snapchat, folks. <laughs> what? You're telling me, wait, hold on, YouTube video, just pay attention. I feel like Brian Windhorst probably knew about that as well. It's everybody's favorite fire fizzle coming up next. The best sports, best friends list. Lots of best here. <laughs> Stick around for the best on Weston Walker friend. Sports Radio 92.7 WFNC. McDonald's is not new to chicken. So maybe stop questioning that chicken cred and get your hands on the McCrispy. Juicy fried chicken, buttery bun, unmatched pickle to chicken ratio. Yeah, they know what they're doing. In fact, we can honestly say they're not new to chicken. They're true to chicken. The McCrispy. Only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. You heard Wes talking about chipmunks, but the mic was on, and we are about to come in hot with fire fizzle. I told you it was all about the best. Today apparently is National Best Friends Day, and so Wes decided to go with the best sports, best friends forever duos. It's a lot of best in here. Yes. We're going to roll on. Number one, Wes, you tell me, Tony Romo and Jason Witten. Was that combo fire or was that combo fizzle? Well, we know what these two meant to each other. We know about the trip to Cabo during the playoffs that everybody had an issue with. We know about T.O. about to run down on Tony Romo and give him the business because he felt like he was throwing to Jason Witten in any and all situations. And together they had, they hooked up. And Jason Witten had 786 catches for 8,785 yards and 47 touchdowns and 156 games with Tony Romo. Tony Romo said in his retirement speech, not only was Jason the most talented, humble, and hardest working individual on the football team, but he was also one of the most genuine, good hearted you could ever meet. What a heartwarming moment that was. What a heartwarming friendship. When it comes to sports BFFs on National Best Friends Day, Jason Witten and Tony Romo are straight fizzled. The Cowboys get them the hell out of here. I'm with T.O. 
I love it. We start off with some cowboy hate. Fitty, you're a Jets fan, so it shouldn't matter. We'll move on to the next one. <laughs> Dwayne Wade and LeBron James, the iconic photo of the behind-the-back alley-oop looking into the stands, holding out his arms as LeBron slams it home. Fire fizzle, Wes, you tell me. Well, these two have been close friends since they met at the 2003 NBA pre-draft camp at Chicago. We know about the collusion that happened in the Olympics. We know about how they came together and decided that when they became free agents, LeBron and Chris Bosh would come and they would play together. And together, they made magic. They won two straight NBA championships with the Heat. And they have a bond off the court tighter than most athlete friendships. He's part of the banana boat game gang. They take vacations together with their wives and they have a lot of cute, cuddly moments together. And we know the iconic photo and they did hook up for some nasty lobs and highlights. And when it comes to LeBron James and D Wade on national best friends day, they are straight. Fizzle, I don't like either one of them. I mean, I respect them as players, but don't like either. I had a feeling this was going to be Fizzle, but that duo was awesome. And the friendship, too. (laughs) Very good. Julian Edelman and Tom Brady. Yeah. Fire Fizzle, Wes. All right. Well, we've got another football duo here, and one services the other by throwing the football to them multiple times during games. Julian Edelman had 580 catches for 6,311 yards and 41 touchdowns and 127 games with Tom Brady. You see them at games together. You see them hanging out post-career. I remember seeing them at a Boston College game with Gronk. So these two are thick as thieves. And also, Tom Brady, we know how he is with fitness and eating. And Julian Edelman once challenged him to a beer-chugging contest. Okay, they've won three Super Bowl championships in five seasons. Tom Brady's total went to six playing with Edelman after they won the rings together. So when it comes to Jules, as Tom affectionately calls him, and the GOAT, it is straight fire. What else do you think it was? I'm jealous. That's the GOAT. I wish I was his best friend. It had to come from jealousy because Julian Edelman and something fire, man. Ain't no way. Goodness gracious. This is something I disagree with entirely. All right. (laughs) Number four. Drake. Yes, Drake, the rapper, and John Calipari. Fire Fizzle West. What do you think of the duo? Well, how did these two become so tight, you ask? Well, Drake was born and raised by his mother in Canada, but he spent summers in Memphis with his father. And as his fame grew throughout the 2000s, he got to know old J.C. or John Calipari, who coached Memphis basketball from 2000 to 2009. And their friendship together has given Kentucky a little bit of an unfair advantage in recruiting, as I'm sure that John Calipari will whip out the phone and he'll say, let me call up my buddy Drake for him to give you a little nudge to come down here to Lexington to play. Their relationship runs so deep that John Calipari even sent Drake a custom national championship ring with his name on it after they won it in 2012. So when it comes to Drake and John Calipari on National Best Friends Day, it is straight Fizzle, I'm a little bit conflicted because I love Calipari, but I do not like Drake in the least. Lots of fizzle. Most fizzle we've ever had in Fire of Fizzle. Last one. Magic Johnson, Larry Bird, are you reeling in the years? (laughs) Fire Fizzle, you tell me. Irvin, Magic Johnson, and Larry Bird, college rivals, battled for NBA titles. 
but a shoe commercial in the middle of the 80s. We all know it brought them together. Converse, choose your weapons, television spot, and they became friends during filming. They said initially Magic thought Larry was overrated and Bird viewed Magic as a L.A. show-off. But once they started talking at the shoot, they realized how much they had in common. So Converse brought together one of the greatest friendships that helped remain or that helped to bring the NBA to the forefront. And a lot of people point to that very friendship as saving the NBA from the bad image it had during that era. And the friendship that they had together still remains strong to this day. Magic and Larry. It's National Best Friends Day. And their friendship is straight. Fire to the great. Don't you ever forget it. And save the NBA. Is there a better sports friendship than Magic Johnson and Larry Bird? Cut that music. Especially for what it meant to the league. Yes. I don't know if there's anything better than that friendship. Dwayne Wade and LeBron James had a big impact on the NBA too. But not nearly as much as no, saving the league, yes. especially with the background stories that these guys had mm-hmm. meeting against one another in the national championship game. Magic Johnson taking Michigan State, but Larry Bird taking Indiana State to the finals. Crazy to see the Sycamores in the top two at the end of the NCAA tournament and then winning MVPs, winning championships, going to the Lakers, going to the Celtics. It's crazy how that worked out. And the story is correct. And. Larry Bird actually did go to Indiana, but he, he left because of Bobby Knight. He, he did. Lord have mercy. Oh, I, I love that. You're talking like about my, one of the all-time screw-ups. It's it's my favorite because I can't stand Bobby Knight. I mean, I, I really yeah, hate me him. me neither. And it makes me happy that Larry Bird decided to leave him. Man. I, you I, I imagine lo- what Indiana's history would have been like, though, had they had that guy? <laughs> I mean, if Larry Bird, who's not the most welcoming of dudes on the court, by the way, one of the all-time trash talkers, yeah. and then Bobby Knight is trying to coach him up, and because Bobby Knight was the way he was, Larry Bird was like, nah, I'm good on that. I love every bit of it. It's like, oh, yeah, you missed out on a three-time MVP champion, <laughs> all that stuff. And a college Hall of Famer, too. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah, Indiana State got to a final. It's, yes. it's crazy. That'll do it for Fire or Fizzle. We have one more hour to go. We still have some Panthers conversation to get to. A little rank radio for you in the 2 o'clock hour. Coming up next, Wes and Walker, Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ.